John S. Kelly, Cafalter Rote, So I think we we'll, we'll continue on maybe since the newspapers were talking about our our uh, all in English. Asperna, uh, we will we will go on, but uh, quite a number of things today. But I suppose if we're going to um, we we cannot but uh, start with the tragedy that is unfolding in Ukraine uh, some three weeks ago when uh, the the Russians the Russians moved in, and there's been such. Uh, a series of tragedies and it seems to be ongoing and it seems never ending certainly the last few weeks uh, have have appeared long i think uh, to everybody listening to it um but it is covered in the local papers mm. uh david are you looking at the at the front page of the care champion i am and uh, it's i mean every time you turn on the radio you turn on your tv or indeed read the newspapers you see some shocking headline or hear of the shocking news that's going on and the clear champion on the the front page ha, ha, have another example of it i don't want to die during the war um is what a ukrainian te- teenager pleaded with her mother prying prior to fleeing the bloody conflict and dan danner has the story a ukrainian refugee who is now living in ennis has revealed her eldest daughter asked to be killed because she didn't want to die during the bloody war. Mariana Berkova Stefuniak uh, is one of five Ukrainian adults and five children who are now residing with her friend Mariana Nikos Hanova, I think, in Park Avenue, Ennis. The 35-year-old mother was forced to flee Kiev with her two daughters, Anna Maria, who's nine, and Salomia, who is 13, due to safety concerns. In a heart-wrenching interview with the Clare Champion, Mariana said she wanted to stay close to her husband, but her eldest daughter, Salomia, started crying and pleaded with her, please kill me because I don't want to die. She was hysterical, she couldn't stop crying, and was hiding under a coat. It was very, very scary. There were lots of tears, we decided we could leave. We had 30 minutes to pack all of our things. My husband, Amatali, took us to the railway station and we had 15 minutes to sit in the train and then we were gone. That was the speed of our decision. So it's, it's, it's very hard to read that. And of course, it's the story of now over 2 million people who have beginning. left their country. Be- indeed, beginning. And that's only a part. And what, what I find very disturbing is that while some kind of negotiations are currently going on, if we're to take the media, okay, um, and at the same at the same time, the same voice is saying continue with the bombing. 
Mm. I mean, it's mm. an extraordinary. There's usually a white flag mm. when we start mm. talking. Mm. And um, yeah, and of course, of course, the Russians really want to drive home the message that uh, we are going to play hardball, whether you like it or not. What are they looking for, really? Mm. Do you think they're not foolish either? No, I mean they'll probably get what they. It's being talked of that um, the Ukraine will declare neutrality. Which is exactly what the Russians want. They do not want. If you believe what their and stated goals wrong with is, that. That, I mean, the president has well, said exactly what. Well, you what, said. What, what, what is wrong with it is that another sovereign country is telling a, 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 its neighboring sovereign country what to do. But mm. that's going on all which over is, the world for generations. Which is exactly why this country went and had a war to free itself from the United Kingdom. Mm. I'm just wondering, you know. There was no prospect of Ukraine, in the, even in the medium term, joining NATO uh, prior to this. I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, yeah. is, when Putin started, you know, had he a much wider agenda? Was he simply trying to subdue, destroy Ukraine? basically make it a province of Russia? I think that's, that, could, that could have been there. We, we've seen how he vanished uh, Crimea and part of uh, part of the eastern part of the country where there was a strong Russian influence in, in any event. He, we know that one of the big moments for him was the, the demise of the Soviet, uh, the Union of Soviet yes. Socialist Republics. He thought it was the worst day of his life mm. and that um, he wants to reverse that. Tell me, can I put mm. this question, question to the, the three of you? Um, He has a, a right to be suspicious of NATO's long-term plan that seemed to be drawing NATO closer to the Russian border. Now, if you were an American at the time of John F. Kennedy's um, presidency, would you have sympathy for his threat to blow Cuba out of the, you know, if the if the Russians continue to, to uh, put in the actual type of missiles which they were talking about putting in in Cuba, mm. and uh, he, he faced them down. And look, I'm not Kennedy saying, did. He did. Yeah. yeah, but of course the Russians were only responding to the Americans who had missiles in Turkey. But I'm happy enough with with that. You see that. Why are you happy with that? Because that when you didn't make the Russians happy. No, 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 it didn't. But you see. To understand what's happening now yeah. in the on the border area, the yeah. border this time is not yeah. Cuba. The border is mm. Ukraine, mm. and uh, it seemed to be provocative to actually raise the spectre of a NATO country now, another NATO country yeah. now on on the Russian border. NATO, of course, is a defensive alliance rather than an offensive. Correct, and uh, it's only when they're attacked that they actually mobilize. Mm. Uh, I mean, the Russians have their equivalent of it. Uh, now, what has happened is that NATO did expand into the former Baltic countries, mm. Lithuania and but so then, on. But, but, but they were very anxious to become part of Indeed. NATO. Because the history would tell them that at some stage again, the Russians would come gunning yeah. for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and that's why the Ukrainians wanted it for the same reason. The mm. Ukrainians wanted to demonstrate... Yeah, but the Ukraine... Ukraine um, the, wasn't there an agreement between Ukraine and Russia that if they got back the, the missiles, the, uh, 
visade sig att det var gång att det var gång att det framstod var den bedan. So actually, so the, 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 the nuclear that. weapons, yeah, they, they gave up their nuclear weapons. weapons. Yeah. They did. Yeah. So they, yeah. they they have actually broken that promise. They have. Yeah. So how would you who, how would you uh, how would you uh, say have confidence in Putin that he's uh, what he's going to do now? I'm just thinking as well. John mentioned at the beginning, you know, which surprised him, and I would agree with him that on the one hand you're talking. You know, you think while you're talking, at least there'd be a ceasefire. Yeah. But but they are continuing shelling, shelling but yeah. not so much shelling Ukrainian troops as shelling civilian residential areas, yeah. mm. which is mm. totally bonkers. What's it, what's it say to you? Schools and church, schools and and, and hospitals. Mm. Mm. I I'm just wondering, like thinking forward at the end of this, how is Russia going to be rehabilitated? under the current regime it will be very difficult i would have thought mm. and it will take years mm-hmm. uh we've already th- their economy will significantly suffer if the all the countries that say that they're going to stop buying russian oil and gas and lithuania just a couple of days ago said they're going to stop their closest neighbor going to stop um buying oil uh, in the next yeah, year but or wasn't, wasn't there a very interesting meeting down in 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 Karaka? um there last uh, week between um, a delegation from Washington and the president's group from Venezuela to review uh, the question of sanctions which had been imposed by the uh, by the Americans on Maduro and sanctions imposed suddenly these sanctions aren't that important anymore. No. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's remove them, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the one hand, America, by following that policy, can fill the void created by a shortage of mm. uh, oil and gas, correct? Yeah. All right? So the end result is America then can go back to the, the Western allies and say, yeah, put, put the squeeze on now. Mm. Mm. Forgetting that the squeeze is squeezing us to the hilt, mm. but the Americans are able to make up the shortage through new agreement mm. with our and if, if new if, friends in Venezuela. And if mm. Iran, if the Iran... What are you, and they will, the Iran will be sorted too. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I would say just one thing quickly on the bombing issue. We forget that during the Second World War, the Allies, the United Kingdom, the Americans, bombed civilian cities such as Dresden, Berlin, and all of these places, and killed thousands and thousands of people. Correct. We forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But war is a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, yeah. but, uh, do we ever learn, or does any politicians learn, or all those people that came to power, do they ever learn? We, we, we have bombed, um, well, America and Russia and whoever is involved in it, Afghanistan, they have devastated it. People yes. are out there, they, they, That's right. they, haven't, they, they haven't the hospital, or they haven't the they haven't enough teeth, they haven't the salmon with the hunger. Yeah. It's it, it, yeah. it, 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 crazy. The same in, in Libya, mm. or in, or in um, what you call it, where Assad is. Syria. In yeah. Syria, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Bombed it. Yeah, it's a bit, and, and there is a little bit of, it's a bit unsettling for me because we've, 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 we've seen how strong we are on the support for Ukraine, but we didn't, I didn't necessarily see us saying the same thing a lot uh, about Afghanistan, or, because it was that bit far away, I think. But yet, they're the same people. That We're all humans. The media, mm. the media mm. responsibility 
mm. can be very selectively can, applied yeah, at times, yeah. can't it? I see yeah. in, in the front page of the Clare Echo, they're talking about 250 uh, Ukrainians are arrived, some of them have arrived already, and more are coming in Kilki and Listunvarna um, at the, the Hydro Hotel, yeah, I think, yeah. in, in uh, Listun, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, the, maybe the Bay Hotel in Kilkee. Oh, yeah, the Kilkee Bay Hotel, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the, the same vein, Jim, um, Jim uh, Deputy McNamara here on page two of the, of the Champion uh, Sikhs Reception Centre for Ukrainian Refugees in the county. Um, Independent Clare TD Michael McNamara has urged Minister for Justice Helen McEntee to consider the yeah. establishment of a reception centre for refugees at Shannon Airport. He said that Ukrainian refugees arriving, arriving in Shannon on flights originating from Poland are having to wait many hours for transportation, including by taxi minibus, that take them to the reception centre at Dublin Airport. It's, uh, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it, that it there is. isn't it's bonkers. a reception centre in, in Shannon Airport yeah. to receive. Yeah. I mean, you have just come from a, a war zone, a conflict. Yeah. You have probably walked or driven or got on the train. You've queued mm. for days, days probably. Yeah. These horrendous headlines that we have just recounted at the start of the program um, and you, 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 you feel that you've got to a point of safety and suddenly you have to do more travelling yeah, yeah, as, as a matter of interest uh, uh, lads do you find uh, yourself thinking about in the current climate thinking about the impact which the famine had on our people so the, 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 the people you described getting off the planes in Shannon, the people you described getting off the actual planes in wherever else, okay, coming in, uh, do you think the image of the millions that found their way out of this country mm. seeking a, a refuge somewhere mm, mm, mm. and finding it sometimes in the least expected places... Mm. But haven't the Irish in the past fortnight shown this extraordinary capacity to uh, give mm. to their fellow man? Yes, in this instance, yes. uh, you would be proud to call yourself Irish. Wouldn't uh, you? Um, um, and I, but sometimes, you know, when, when we recall those stories about other refugees and the, um, and, and the direct provision centre and people coming out saying we won't have these people, um, you feel less proud. But... Mm. Uh, there is an outpouring this time, which it's is good to see, and I hope let's continue it. Let's see it, and let's hopefully see it it'll have an impact on the on the on the growing uh, culture. Yeah, and, uh, and just before we welcome. Go, just before we go away from the from from Ukraine here, yeah, uh, there was a program the night on, on television. I when I went home from here last Thursday night, after we joined last week's program, um, prime time was on, and Mary Mary McKellen was on, and she had uh, a program on about uh, the the. The Russian embassy in Dublin. Well, they went building, they wanted to build the building three times bigger than the original and wanted to put bunkers on them down at the bottom. So that was stopped by the government two years ago to, to stop. But they have, it appears then they have 30, they have the biggest, second biggest delegation of any country in Ireland, the Russians. They have in the region of 30 uh, diplomats in Dublin. Yeah. And we have four in, in, over in Moscow. Are we being very mean, uh, not having more in Moscow? 
Well, I, I don't know, John, but uh, you, you're just wondering what a short team be doing here because we, we don't have a huge amount of um, a trade with, 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 with Russia. Mm-hmm. I'm just they're, they're monitoring fishermen down off the coasts of Cork. Yeah, <laughs> they could, uh, they could be monitoring a lot more. Maybe, I, I wouldn't have to be saying too much. I'd like to risk and go home. <laughs> I'm wondering as well, that, you know, talking about the, the differences in in welcoming refugees and i know these people are our neighbors but um if is it I, i'm just wondering um is any of it to do with the color of their skin i think quite possibly do you know that I we think would... you know they're they're white they're christian uh th- geography does matter there's no doubt about it we we consider them european hmm. um but i think it's uh, all of those factors are impinging and unfortunately you know um it's, it does have, I think it does have a disproportionate impact on, our, on, on the way we have decided to treat them. Okay, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll go on from, from uh, Ukraine and I'm sure we'll be coming back to it again. Uh, this week, or last week, saw the demise of Roadbridge, which was a very big building company. And indeed, thinking of the Ukraine, they're going to need a lot of building and a lot of roadworks um, Will will take place there, but um, I suppose that came as a as a surprise, Pat, that uh, that Roadbridge yeah, um, ro- ro- is no more. Yeah, just here on the front of the paper, Dan Dana has the story. Uh, Roadbridge was receivership end of Kuna Nakashin Road. Uh, subcontractors and construction suppliers throughout the player owed substantial sums of money following the announcement of construction giant Roadbridge is going into receivership, leaving the future of 630 workforce and the front of towers at indirect positions in Jeffrey. The Limerick-based headquarters, civil engineering and construction firm, which traded over half a century since shockwaves throughout the Midwest when it requested Bank of Ireland on Friday to appoint Grant Thornton as receivers as a result of insurmountable financial challenges. The decision also takes place take also places a major question mark over the project of the 58 million Covenant Snapchat Road, which will be fully completed following the company's serious financial difficulties, which will not be be completed following the company's serious financial difficulties. So I suppose it, 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 it looks bad for it really, because when, 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 when you have a road half done and when a company pulls out, it takes ages upon ages before all, all all, everything is sorted out. It does, even, it, to look, even to look at, uh, at the yeah. new library in Ennis, yeah. uh, when Keating's yeah. pulled out, so that's nearly two years ago, nearly two years and, since, yeah. and nothing has happened, happened no, on Nothing, the really. No, yeah. we've been looking at it's it recently. Yeah, yeah. fences around it. And but, I mean, where does Roadbridge go wrong? I mean, the guaranteed payments, do you know? It looks like as if the cost... The, what's the, the girl's title that works with, uh, with Bannon? The architect. Well, the uh, quantity surveyor. Yeah, the quantity yeah, surveyor. Yeah. Who is she? You need a very tight quantity surveyor yeah. on, on these well, kind we, of projects. We, we, I don't know whether it, whether it has any impact, but the, certainly the cost of materials in all sorts of construction has gone up. Um, but the paper there on page two, the continuation of the article that Pat was referring yeah. to, um, goes through the numbers. Um, but we don't know. Uh, there is... What, one of the chief, the chief executive officer, who was one of the people advising Clare GAA, his name was um, Connor, uh, Connor, Connor Gilligan, Gilligan yeah. Wa, yeah. Uh, has stepped down or is on gardening leave, 
which is That's always a euphemism, not uh, a great sign uh, of a yeah. company. You yeah. know, when the chief executive officer is out cutting is, the grass, is, <laughs> <laughs> is out tending the garden. That's right. So, so there obviously there have been problems, and um, it's also to do with loans and whether loans can be paid back. I think Bank of Ireland, I heard on the national media, uh, is involved in this. But the company isn't gone. Receivership is yeah. is is a halfway house. Mm. And am I, am I correct in saying that the heading of the article on the second page, the one you've been talking about, David, Roadbridge Receivership, end of East Clare Road. How do you spell receivership? I before the E, except after C. Yeah. Yes. And therefore it is spelled incorrectly. So maybe we'll, um, we'll be talking to the Clare champion after this programme <laughs> to yeah. remind them of the usual grammatical <laughs> spelling rules. Yeah. Yeah. Well okay. spotted, John. Well yeah. spotted. There are huge projects done, even up along the up in Bellahadrine bypass, and uh, they've done the, the tunnel in Limerick. And, That's uh, right. And, 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 and um, second, uh, the second uh, terminal in Dublin Airport. Yeah. yeah. I suppose all it takes, because the, of the scale they're talking scale, about, all yeah. it takes is one project to go yeah, wrong. Go wrong. Yes. Yes. And, yes. And, you know, and it's probably competitive. I'm yes. sure there are other companies around, you know, around Europe who will, um, you yeah. know, be competing for projects as like well. Like that, yeah. Uh, 246 million of a turnover in, in 20, and um, uh, 271 in, in, uh, in, um, in 19, and they had uh, 300 million yeah. turnover in 2021, so <laughs> you're talking a huge money. Huge money. Jim, yeah. uh, Ronan Judge on the same page, on the second page there um, of the Clare Champion. I don't know if... if, if uh, Park McMahon in the uh, in the uh, in the in his paper uh, has the same article, but the heading is rather strange. I thought it was, I did a double take on it when I hmm. saw the heading. Go on, armed share, share it with us, John. Armed woman posing as escort robs man of three hundred quid. Yes, well, there's a lesson there somewhere. Well, there is. Yeah, do you have to spell it out? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, but it got page two, mind you. That's significant. Um, the judge, in, in referring to it, Judge Owen Garvin said of the robbery, this was a setup. Uh, it was a trap. Yes. The was she th- armed with, with her good looks or just with weapons? Well, she had a, a, a false weapon. Now, which of them is a Delphic oracle question answer there, if you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, th- there is, you know, on a, along similar lines, and I see Parik covers it in the Clare Echo uh, on maybe page two or three, I can't remember, the, where um, a, a Clare landlord, um, and he came to national prominence on, on during the week. The landlord? With the landlord, yes, yeah. because his he was operating a sex for rent scheme in relation to a Ukrainian woman. In Clare? In Clare. Doesn't name them now, but... Uh, the, yeah. the 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 landlord is is castigated from a height, mm. and you know the the, the um, I, I gather this kind of thing is not as we we know unusual. Unusual, yeah. Okay, mm. but I gather that that there's no law currently to cover that. Mm. Yes. Were, were, you, were you aware of that? No, I was not. No. Are you surprised? I am. Yeah. Are you, Professor? Mm, I'd you? be surprised that there isn't a law. Yeah. What is what, what law has been broken? 
Well, we'd have to investigate that, obviously. That is, that, 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 that'd, that'd be an ecumenical question. <laughs> we'll send our team of investigators out okay, over the next week. Going back to yes, Pat. Pat. To the one that judged the story there, um, uh, I think he paid up the 300 euros, but she, she, she went out the gun, she wanted 200 more. <laughs> but that, yeah. the, the, the one, she's worth it, I the, think the ad the says. Judge, <laughs> judge, <laughs> the judge said this must have been a, 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 a horrific experience for the victim. Who might have been expecting something quite different by the euro. Yes, yes. Anyway, <laughs> it is, um, hopefully, lessons point. have been learned. Oh, yes. Pat, uh, the HSE and the question of acute beds, in, yeah. particularly in the Midwest. Yeah, Dan, Dan has the story here on page three, Jim. Uh, no, <coughs> no, no acute beds in Midwest hospitals. <coughs> this, this has been on the radio during the week about where the, there was money given out from the HSE and uh, the Midwest didn't get any and uh, the, the, the longest queues in, in, in the emergency department are in Limerick so you, you just wonder about it uh, no, no, no new acute sub-acute uh, ICU beds will be opened in the Midwest this year according to HSE figures released by two independent Clear Deputy Michael McNamara, in response to Deputy McNamara's par- parliamentary question, the HEC Accused Operations Department confirmed none of the six hospitals in the UL Hospitals Group will receive any of the 411 accused and 36 ICU beds scheduled to be opened this year, subject to staffing and completion of some capital works. The provision of additional bed capacity on its own will not resolve the overcrowding problem at University Hospital Limerick. But the delivery of new acute, sub-acute and ICU beds would, should certainly be part of the solution to the Minister who described the ex- exclusion of all six hospitals in clear and not to play as disgraceful. But Badger, th- 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 there's a basic point running through here. It's easy enough to put up the walls to create the beds. It's the personnel that is a shortage. And we can't seem to actually attract. We can't even hold on to our own consultants, do you know? And the argument that's made is not paid enough. And our nurses. I and mean, there's a shortage of nurses now. I heard on the radio the other day, but there's a shortage of nurses and they're not going forward for, uh, in the schools or nothing. Or the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they, they, I'm obviously saying... They're just the they, same thing as Pat was saying. There is yeah. a shortage of nurses. And yeah. beds, beds not only, as you say, mean um, four walls and the actual, the actual bed, but it's actually... Personnel. The personnel behind yeah. the bed. If you were a student then in, you know, fifth year yeah. leaving search and you were debating what to do with your career, um, there is nothing in the media which would attract you to nursing. No, nothing. Because, I mean, it's constantly, nothing. and they're under enormous stress. Mm. Yeah. Um, and anyone, any of us who have relatives yeah. working yeah. in those conditions yeah. will know. Yeah. Um, is it a surprise that we're, we're not getting young people no. to go into nursing? Fair point, Jim. Do you know? Okay. Um, what's the reason? The reason, I suppose, the organisation of the whole thing is, is, mm. is, is you know... I didn't want to say bonkers again, but <laughs> I mean it's 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 simply it's it's putting people under too much pressure, asking them to do a job that isn't possible to do we had, in the, with the resources they have. We, 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 do you remember, uh, David? We had the story last week where the, the, the nurses were going home and they were 
Toen was er wat retired van de walk. Ja. Fat out van van de walk. En er was een artikel in, in last week's champion. I think we 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 dealt with it here in the, in the program last week. Yeah. But Pat, so, you you have it, you you have it from the horse's mouth. Your wife is a, a nurse, right? Isn't she? She's yeah, yeah. And yeah. you've lived with being yeah. a partner to a, a nurse down through the years. Mm. And would you have been surprised uh, that uh, it could turn out to be somewhat unattractive as a, a career now? Well, it's supposed to. They they appear to be under an awful lot of pressure anyway. Yeah. And uh, well, it has been in a while, and I suppose uh, really now, especially with, with COVID and everything, I suppose there's, there's huge pressure, mm. pressure on them. Yeah. You know. And how are we going to get more doctors? And the people, uh, well, I suppose uh, is, is there a need to, to, to for the uh, a kind of a close shop in, in 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 the in the medical? The argument they make, Pat, on that is that uh, we would take more doctors, uh, student medical students in, but we don't have the clinical space mm. for them. So there's, it's a vicious circle that, mm, that, that yeah, goes yeah. on. Mm, mm. Um, how many, have you ever laid, uh, laid back in bed, in a hospital bed, and have uh, the, your man come in, the consultant, surrounded by four or five or six, do you know, maybe seven? Uh, do you know, you've, we've all experienced that, haven't we? No, okay. Happily, I, I <laughs> haven't, yes. <laughs> I have done it, I tried. <laughs> and I hope most of our listeners have <laughs> But yeah, no, there, 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 uh, there's a question of pay. There's also, it's a very complex. I mean, if it was an easy sort of thing to solve, it would have been solved. Mm. But uh, it's, it's all interconnected with, with so many different elements. It's yeah. hard to find but a solution. It's a better health services in other countries. Or can, we, can we go by other places? Surely every country in the world in, in the same way as Ireland, like, you know, no. kind of. No, situation. they say the Scandinavian ones or the Dutch are, be- are better, but yeah. um, our nearest neighbour isn't doing as well as it could be either, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And holding on to nurses and doctors over there is quite critical as in well. In England. In England, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're nearly at half time. Uh, just one other thing they're looking at is it's on, uh, there's, a, there's an article uh, on page seven of the Clare Echo uh, where Clare County Council are looking for an urgent meeting with the Taoiseach in relation to uh, the various heritage sites. Now, we've discussed this a number of times, but it doesn't appear to have, uh, I know, that to have been resolved yet. The Taoiseach told them to get on with it. Yeah, I think that's probably why they're looking for the meeting to give out yeah. to him, really, because yeah. uh, the, the Taoiseach was, I think, uh, saying get on with it because down in Cork, that's how they did it with Spike Island and so on. The council's just got in and got it done and it's now a, a big attraction um, but as we said last week or a couple of weeks ago the council would be criticised if they didn't do, do didn't do their due diligence uh, in all of this so mm. uh, but what the councillors are going to get out of it I don't know because it's not going to be their decision it's probably going to be the council CEO yeah. Mr Dowling who will make that decision based on the report that he gets but we did report last week that the OPW have already committed to re-engage on um, on Bunratty and on King John's Castle uh, to um, to actually put some money into it, and I think mm. that's probably part of the deal that okay. is yeah. behind the scenes being struck as we talk. Yeah, um, and do you think the 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 problem with regard to Bunratty uh, Castle and John's Castle is the roof? Is it? Well, that, <coughs> that's what it says. It that's is, what they say. That's but, um, what you hear. 
But but, but the, the roof is is uh, is a twentieth century roof. I saw some reports that it's about six hundred years old. It's not at all six hundred years old. It it was that Munratti was done up in the nineteen sixties. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right. I think there's a, there's maintenance costs in in, in, there's in, always, in all, in all there's the, always maintenance yeah, costs in all, and, the and in all yeah. of these facilities they are yeah. historic properties and they're going to be expensive to keep up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and the council, of course, obviously has to figure out how much money are we going to spend on a yearly basis on this and how, and and so it's good that they're going out now i think it's a good thing that it, they're going out but it's looking for to, the money it's it, yes but it's going to be expensive oh yeah it really yeah, is it is yeah and with jim we're saying that because we we listened to yeah. for so long at mm. board meetings mm. uh, yeah. in relation to maintenance costs and running costs of the smaller castles do you know well hopefully fact, that we can have an income uh you know, into the area in terms of direct income yeah. to, into these places, plus the wider um, tourist income of, yeah. of the Midwest. Mm. Listen, will we, we, we've reached half time. We've gone past, we're, we're in extra time we? on the first half. Pat, have you a bit of music for us to well, uh, relax uh, during the break? Well, I suppose as, as it is um, uh, St. Patrick's Week, uh, we, we, we'll go for a, a bit of traditional music, Jim. And we'll have the chieftains with Drowsy Maggie. Drowsy Very Maggie. good. Great stuff. And hopefully we'll be awake at the end of it. <laughs> back you're listening to local media this week here on Scariff Bay Community Radio and the lads have uh, got back into their chairs again after lepping around the room here for the last uh, three minutes or so that Maggie so. wasn't that rosy at all <laughs> absolutely not no <laughs> anyway so um, usually in the second half of the show we we look at uh, the East Clare items and things that are happening here in East Clare so I suppose the, the one thing there on page eight in the champion is the Inish Caltra um, branding that seems to have started. And I suppose we're, we're not totally bowled over, David, are we? We're, we're not that bowled over, <laughs> but uh, we wouldn't like the, to colour the listener's perspective. It's on page eight and you can have a look at it yourself. But what it is, is um, this, of course, is the branding that will be used now, from now on, I suppose, to kind of advertise Holy Island, uh, Inish Caltra. The, the, they are beginning works, uh, they're planning to begin works in uh, this, uh, in midsummer, uh, it says here, so that uh, things will be up and running by 2023 uh, in, the, in the, um, the old rectory building in Mount Shannon. But it's just try and describe it. It's it's an arch, a Romanesque arch with the words Inish Caltra written on it. It's surrounded by green as if like a wall. And through the arch, you can see a picture photograph of the round tower and the church on the island with a little bit of the lake in the background. And it says Inish Caltra introducing Ireland's holy island. And the minute I saw Ireland's, uh, Ireland's holy island, I didn't think of Inish Caltra. I thought of Clan MacNoise or Skellig Vickil or... Why is that? Why because they're, I think they're probably far more holier. 
Do we have any stories associated with uh, with uh, Clonmac Noise, like we have associated social stories, Jim? Yes, you know? not necessarily religious not stories. Rest, not necessary at all. In fact, yeah. it it it, uh, uh, <clears throat> it became rather important that the bishop in the 19th century put a foot down on certain types of celebrations and behaviours which were practised on an annual basis yes. on the island. He wanted to make the island holy again, again. to borrow a Trump phrase. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it will reproduce that well, Pat. I don't know, what, what's your view on it? Yeah, it's, it's very jack-looking. And I'd say the, the company that probably threw up this um, got a substantial amount of money from it. And I'd say if you probably went down to the secondary school here in Scarif, or maybe up to the school in Tulla, and they'd probably do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are. I, I mean, it's a nice concept. The concept is good, which is this idea of looking through this arch and discovering it. But And it's the, there's plenty of arches out there in the ruins. Mm. But visually, it's visually, it's, it doesn't that. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't work. There is, in, in Mount Shannon itself, where you have the... Um, there is a kind of an archway into the Aster yes, in Mount Shannon. That's right. Yeah. And standing there looking through the Aster, you're sort of looking out at, mm, at mm, Holy Island. Yeah, yeah. And just inside the, the Aster gate, there is a big rock on the ground mm. with a hole drilled right through it. You've probably seen it. Mm. And uh, the hole maybe is about three inches wide. So it's, it's like a tunnel through the rock. Mm. And if you look through it, you see Holy Island at the other side. Yeah, Do you think clever. it influenced the, the emergence of the, uh, of the, uh, the current one? Shown yeah, in the I've seen champion. photographs now taken through that yeah. thing, through yeah. that rock and the hole in the rock, which, mm. which look more attractive than, yeah. than that. But I suppose we have to wait to see the full, yes, uh, I suppose, the yeah. full launch yeah. of it either. We'll wait you know? and see developments. We will, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, the we it's good though to, that we've moved that far. It is. It's brilliant mm. that we look forward to. I suppose something else that we're looking forward to here in East Clare at the moment, and indeed people from outside East Clare, is the Clare Drama Festival at the Scarlet Community College Hall, which starts, I think, next weekend, John. I think on Friday, March the twenty fifth. Yeah, I tell you, it's a big day and date. You sound like you're looking forward to it. Absolutely. And I think the uh, menu on offer for the following 10 days, okay? As, as the article on the champion says, March 25th to April, to March the... April 2nd. April to April 2nd, 2nd yeah. yeah. And Big Maggie uh, and a number of other John B. Keane plays. I'm a lover of... I've, unapologetically, I have to say this, I'm a lover of John B. Keane. A man whose writing, I think, will be appreciated even more mm. in the decades ahead. Ed. It'll be classic, mm. uh, you know. And um, so we'd recommend... The classic tale of sex, land and money. That sounds like Saib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we had drowsy Maggie there earlier. This is big Maggie. Big yeah. Maggie. <laughs> but uh, as I understand it, John, it's the 73rd festival, isn't it? It is, and only broken... I thought it wasn't broken at all. Didn't we have a radio festival last year? Yeah, it, no, it was broken in, I think, if memory serves me right, 2001. Right, for, before for, we came down to the hall. Foot and mouth. Foot and mouth disease. Foot and foot and mouth. Mouth. Yeah. Mm. I think we, yeah. we missed one year because yeah. of foot and mouth. That was, 
extraordinary. But um, so on March Saturday, Skibreen Theatre Group. You remember them la- the last time? We'll perform Brighton by Jim Nolan. Martin McDonagh's The Beauty Queen of Linan. Always a favourite. Uh, bra- and it's Bride View doing it on. Yeah. So look at, we we say to our listeners, get the old program. They're free in uh, in the shops all round and. Come along and enjoy yeah. again yeah. your renewal with the mm. theatre. Yes, I and, think it'll be very popular this year because yeah. since we were all helmed in mm. because of the pandemic, I think we're eager now to get out and to also support what is a very vibrant drama community. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, we mustn't forget, Pat, that uh, on the three days before Easter, um, that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday of Easter week, you know, the cabaret is back. Our own East Clare Music. Musical Society with the cabaret. Remember the cabaret yeah, two yeah. years ago? It was one, yeah. of the, one of the last things we had before the lockdown. It lockdown. was. And yeah. the pla- the programme is now taking shape. Johnny, Johnny O'Brien, of course, musical director and producer. And he is up to his oxters now. Uh, <laughs> doing the... Getting yeah. the rehearsal right. And it's all slotted. The preparation. The great thing about the, the preparation this year... It's slotted into a four-week period of concentration. That's all. That's the commitment is for just the next four weeks uh, on the part of the talent, the talented crew. And they are very, very, very talented indeed. Mm-hmm. The, you and mentioned there the radio plays, but of course, and, and we did have the radio drama yeah, festival yeah. on this station last year. Um, we will be back again this year in the early summer. Yes. With the with the radio drama Lina. festival, yeah, uh, which promises to be even an international event. That's great brilliant. to hear. That's brilliant, brilliant to hear. Yeah, because so. it was very popular last year, Jim, wasn't it? it? And awesome. won yeah. awards, I think, mm. didn't it? Just before we go from the drama, there, Jim, um, Tulla are doing are doing the big Maggie, so they're going to be in 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 Scarif. and they're also doing uh, three nights in Tulla Courthouse uh, from the twenty second to the twenty fifth. From the, the people over on Tulla, the middle of listeners, and uh, they're, they're doing it there in their, home, in their hometown. And uh, our friend Brian Torpey will be, will be is involved in. Great. Well, we look forward, <laughs> so to, we see, look forward to see him. To see him on stage. Because Brian is, whether he's a, he is as himself or whether he's in some other persona, Brian yeah. is always entertaining. Always. Uh, w- one little note, um, a confession, I suppose. Uh, that during the break when we had uh, Drowsy Maggie by the Chieftains we weren't actually dancing around the floor in case any of you think we were we were actually talking about robotic surgery uh, here in the studio and John found it on page 8 there when we were looking at uh, at page 8 in the Clare Champion and John became sort of fascinated by robotic surgery honest to God, yeah I mean, um, I was looking at a programme on on BBC um, where uh, oh, this is the ultimate now. Do you know? You have a problem, we'll say, in your stomach. Okay? And uh, you're brought in by the, by the consultant and you're set up to a series of machines. And you put on, the, your, you put on your, what would you call the... Your the headset? The, and the eyes, you know? Virtual reality Virtu- headset virtual. or something like that. So, now, what's next? You see yourself, the, your whole interior. God, it would make, nearly make you sick, wouldn't it? <laughs> not, not if you were sick. Okay, I haven't seen this operating. This is un- unreal, unreal. I mean, uh, I'm lying there on on the on a on a couch. I came in in the morning. Okay, um, <laughs> Pat, 
Pat doesn't believe me at all. You know? <laughs> Pat, by the way, it's a matter of interest. Were you ever in hospital for for a, a bit of robotics or? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, Jim. I was. I, well, I suppose I was probably there when I was born, but I wasn't there since. You were not. Did, no. did you ever put anybody in there? <laughs> 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 well, I hope I didn't tell you. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, what happens, in fact, is the, the uh, all the surplus fat and what have you and muscle is is taken away, and you're dealing now with the interior, a visual of your whole interior. It's extraordinary, and I saw the surgeon operate on them because he's sitting there, and he has in front of him the screen. Yes, he, he has as if. You, all your skin and fat taken away. Fascinating. What way is medicine going to go? Mm. Here we are. We're, we're talking about um, 100. Pat's still laughing at this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well Pat, I technology hope never has transformed. Anyway. There's ah, no yeah. doubt about Robot. it. You've never had yeah. a robotic piece of... I've had robotic surgery, yes. Have you? Um, the we won't <laughs> ask you what. <laughs> well, I wasn't awake for it, no, but I know exactly what was done. And... and yeah. I had like five incisions, yeah. right? Which yeah. you'd about the size of you'd fit in a pencil. That's really? the size of the yeah. incision. Yeah. And um, as you say, the the surgeon was working away through the virtual reality. Well, it was reality; it wasn't virtual <laughs> reality. But he was looking at; he could see what yeah. was going on inside. Yeah. Yeah. But um, in the past, you know, if I had that operation twenty years ago, yeah. um, I would have a large opening mm, in my yeah. stomach mm. and and you know you'd have to recover from that for ages whereas yeah. the beauty of robotic surgery is um you they, go home the evening if it well you i wouldn't go that far now well not but, maybe for your one no. but <laughs> <laughs> but but at least it's it's a very quick recovery it is yeah. you know could, could we see the, actually the robot replacing the surgeon oh yes well no doing it uh, uh, the uh, would be, it wouldn't be correct it to say replacing. Be, yeah, um, but inte- artificial intelligence, you know, AI yeah. Yeah. is, you, they're learning, the machine is actually learning as yes. it does. As it, so it's and, programmed, and but then it's lear- uh, Yeah, so it may, we mightn't be too far off that. I'd you'd, say. Be, you'd still hope, though, that the surgeon would be keeping an eye on the <laughs> artificial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 okay. the annual conference was on in Limerick anyway, and there's a... Uh, Dr. Niall Dalton won top prize at the conference for his research on barriers to physical activity and quality of life. Yeah. Uh, in, in, you know, so uh, Dr. the photograph is there, Dr. Niall Dalton, and there's two more professors with him uh, at the conference in Limerick. Very good. But it's extraordinary. Uh, can we, we, we only have a few minutes left. Shannon, <coughs> uh, just I suppose the headline is a, a new flight has been announced uh, during the week from uh, Shannon from Shannon to Marseille in yeah. the south of France, and that's yeah. that's brilliant. But there is, uh, Pat, you have a headline there the on, on page nine the of the third champion. Yeah, yeah uh, page nine, Owen uh, Ryan uh, on, was on hand at the champion at Shannon Airport and that's what's on the transatlantic services. Shannon group leaders praised by minister as exemplary in pandemic. Um, you want uh, the Minister for State, um, uh, Hildegard Nocton, down, uh, the Minister in the, in the Department of Transport was down, and she, she was there as well for the, the opening of the Transatlantic. And rich history of Shannon links to United States airport restored, and you have, you have Mary Considine there. And I was just reading here... Are they talking uh, about there, the, ar- the armed service? No, it's, it's the civilian flights rather than the armed flights. Oh, yeah, civilian flights, yeah. 
There's a, yeah. there's a very rich history on it. It's a complex history, I would say. The witch. <laughs> I was just going to go there to the, the flights out. Um, uh, there, will be, there, will be, uh, there will be 14 flights a week to the, to the east coast of, U, of the US, which I think is a great future for the region. Inspectors going to the greatest seat capacity the Aer Lingus have had on transatlantic from Shannon for 17 years. That's you good, were good gentlemen time. around the table here were a couple of months back uh, lamenting the demise of the transatlantic flights and the closure of the Aer Lingus cabin crew. And so, have you got your answers uh, well, no, now? No, I thought you were a bit more vocal about that mm. in the negative. Well, this this praise seems to be coming from the same set of people who robbed Shannon of Arienta International back oh, yeah. within mm. the last 20 years. So I'm just, there's no mention there, Pat, of Arienta <laughs> International <laughs> no, no, being no. brought back. I think that's, uh, that's are, that, are the profit from there is the moment Dublin, Jim. I tell you what, the, 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 the profit must be sweating at the moment because a mm. lot of the investment is in the eastern part of the world. Yes, yes. In, in, in fact, there was, I, I remember Mary McMahon, you would remember Mary John, well, God be good to her. And Mary was very much involved in, in uh, costumes. Costumes, and uh, she was over and back to Russia quite a bit, and was well known in Moscow oh, Airport. Absolutely, this probably well known in Moscow. Never. Yeah. <laughs> and this would be this would be during the eighties. Yes. Yes. But um, uh, the Geraldine Collar, Geraldine, our own Geraldine, worked in in Moscow for, for, for ARI for years. Yes. You know. So, anyway, the um, listen, we we really are. Mm, almost uh, time has almost caught up with us there is a left an article there's a couple of things about ourselves in the paper oh good lord uh, there's a the the bold terry cronin is oh, yeah. there and anita ryan yeah uh, two of our stalwarts anita on sundays and terry on saturdays um and they're there with uh Oshi nikulon on page 13 of the clare champion um it, it they're looking well david they are indeed, and they're looking as if they're learning something as well. Uh, Scarif Bay volunteers learn the tricks of the broadcasting trade. Um, the story is by Fiona McGarry. It's, it's, uh, it's a course run by the LCETB um, and Margaret Lynch from the Scarif LCETB Adult Education Centre uh, is quoted here in the paper. It's just, um, it's a course which is uh, providing the radio's volunteers with the skills, the technical skills, uh, to edit and produce um, a, a piece of radio. And it's a lovely example of, of interplay between agencies in the community to help each other, isn't it? It is. Because, in fact, Margaret, Margaret O'Brien... Margaret Lynch. Margaret Lynch, uh, the manager of the... we call it the Adult Education Centre in, in Drewsburg... I mean, she has been most helpful, Jim, hasn't she? She has been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, like most people, you know, would have driven past there and, and saw, you know, the Scarlet campus of the LCETB. Mm. But when, when you have something to do with them and you look in and you see the variety of courses mm -hmm. that, that it's available there yeah. for people, um, you know, generally at no cost, as far as I know, but it's it's... Yeah. They're provided there, yeah. all sorts It's of a fantastic courses. resource. And, it is. And uh, speaking as a person who, who did this course, I can, I, I, I can highly recommend the professionalism of the tutors. 
at the tutor is there is pictured uh, Oshino Quelon, um, <clears throat> and I, I suspect that standard is there across their courses. Did, did you notice any difference in this evening's presentation as a result of... <laughs> have, we, have, we, have we gone down? Is it, is that, David, David is really speaking into the microphone. <laughs> Just going back to the photograph there, Tim, uh, Terry is, is uh, concentrating there very heavily in that photograph. Yes, he is indeed, yeah. He is, well, very knowledgeable guy on, on terms of music. Last thing I want to mention... Uh, the this week, um, the Clare Echo has, if you will, you can find it on the Clare Echo details. They're announcing the Scariff Bay Community Radio, uh, in association with uh, Roger Centra here in Scariff, uh, the Clare Camogie All Stars. What's this exactly? Now, Jim? These are where um, there are nine senior clubs in Clare. And we asked the managers of the, the manager of each of the nine clubs to vote his or her team of 2021 based on the club championship. And uh, so when the totals were collated, this is the result of the, the team. So anybody who would like to find out, uh, is your club or does your club have somebody on the team? And these are the 15, in the opinion of the managers last year, these are the 15 top players. In who, the county. In the club, yeah. Who, from base. From on, the clubs. On the club championship. Yeah, yeah. And this is sponsored by... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's organised by uh, Scariff Bay Community Radio. This is the third year of it. Mm. Uh, in association with our sponsor, and our sponsor for the last two years was Rogers Centra. In so this can be found in the Clare Echo. It can be found this week's uh, Clare Echo. It's an exclusive in this week's Clare Echo. Very good. So listen, Pat, um, we're going to. Has she woken up? Is go she no again. longer driving? <laughs> yeah. uh, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody, uh, our panel, uh, John S. Kelly. John, thank you very You're much. Welcome, Walter uh, Pat O'Brien. Thank you, Jim. Pat, and David Fleming. Thanks, Jim. Uh, my name is Jim Collins, and again, we'd ask you um, to. Uh, support the Clare print media because our program here is highlighting what they are showing and there's a, they're a fantastic resource for County Clare so we'd ask you to give your backing to the Clare print media now Pat what kind of music are we going out on well we'd stay with the traditional uh, scene Jim and we'll have the books more and more from Shesky. Oh, and by God, we're going to be flying it. We move back the microphone. <laughs> Watch there, out, David. Maggie. Watch out. <laughs> Listen, many thanks for joining us today. And uh, we'll see you again, please God, uh, next Sunday. Goodbye and God bless. Yeah.